This is One-on-One's NFL Friday, bringing your weekly Jets, Giants, and NFL talk from WFUV Sports. With top guests, weekly fantasy advice, and opinionated analysis, this is One-on-One's NFL Friday. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second installment of NFL Friday. I'm Tommy Aldrich. With me is Jack McLoon, Reed Horner, and John DeBarro in the building for NFL Friday, where there's a never-ending amount of content (laughs) and where, indeed, it is a safe space for hot takes, where the takes will be extremely hot. Blistering. Too hot to the touch. Blistering takes. With that... Well, say, say what's up, Jack. Well, say what I was going to say, I, I'm going to start the show with a cold take and just say Thursday Night Football is awful. Because that's just like... Well, that's a hot it's take. It's not a hot take because I think it's a pretty well-accepted fact Actually, at this you're point, right. You're right. right. It's not a, a, a cold, cold take. The cold take is when you someone has a hot take and they're like the exact opposite wrong. So this is just like room temperature take. There's Night Football's garbage. I totally feel you. But they're never going to get rid of it either. Nope. It's, it's too much of a moneymaker. If anything, I'd be more... I'd expect them more to like add Tuesday night football than I am to expect them to take away Thursday night. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, Jack and I were just talking about that. I mean, it's a legitimate conversation. It's a young, it's a young, I don't know what to call it, program right mm-hmm. now. How long has it been? Two. It's been like five years now. I think it. It, it started where it was only there were only a few, yep, and a now it's a weekly thing. I mean, that's only two or three. Yeah, years the weekly's in, new. And. But- uh, so I, it's 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 not gonna like it's gonna stop abruptly, but it's a real conversation to have. That the players' association won't allow, allow them to ever add an extra game no. of the week, right? But and if you're the NFL, that's the most hypocritical thing you could do. Is we're all about player safety. We're making this initiative. They have the new helmets this year, and then you go around and say, "Oh yeah, you're also gonna play two days maybe after your last game." That's not it's not a thing. Well, I said to Tommy, I think there's not a single player in the NFL who likes it. I'm willing to yeah. bet there's not of a not. single outlier. I told Jack that you could very well be right about that. Um, On to the game itself. <laughs> it was an interesting... That's a to- that's a conversation we could have forever, but it, it was an interesting game, and depending, you know, if you're a huge football fan, <laughs> there's a chance you like the game. I like the, fan, the game. It was very interesting. The Texans came in. They only had three receivers active. No tight ends, and six offensive line were in the most of the time, and they ran between the tackles. It was a slow game. Yeah, that's what happens when you can't get healthy because you're playing on a Thursday after playing on Sunday night. And C.J. Fedorowicz was having a great game on Sunday and got his, I think his shoulder messed up. Just, I mean, that's what happens. You can't get healthy. But I agree with you. I didn't didn't watch it because I had to work on an essay, and it, honestly, it's a little more preferable to Thursday night football sometimes, especially when it's the Texans and the Bengals. Unless you're trying to fall asleep. Fair enough. That's a good point. Um, but, no, yeah, I agree with you. It it had moments. I went back and watched today. It had its moments. Thank, I mean, every NFL game is going to have at least two good plays, and there was two good plays uh-huh. probably in the whole game. They were big ones. So, obviously, yeah. the Texans take it 13-9. to Deshaun Watson really yeah. did it all for them. Yeah, that was the play I was talking about. That 49-yard touchdown run was incredible. Yeah, it, it was. And I get what you guys are saying. And that's why Thursday Night Football, going back to the idea about how players don't want to play in it, that's why they put these bad teams in it because they're just happy to be in the league, most of their roster. Um, but, yeah, so when I watch games like this, though, when I was watching Watson or, or, or the Bengals, I'm not watching it for the teams. You watch it for, like, the individuals, right? And being someone who Your loves the team. draft. Fantasy team's good, yeah. I love the draft, so I'm like, okay, I want to see Deshaun Watson. You're speaking my language um, right now, On this or whatever. Point. You know what I mean? And while, yes, Deshaun Watson's 
had a, had a great game. I'm gonna pump the brakes a little bit though. Unless I mean I'm not assuming this. Unless you guys are saying I don't know if this is necessarily indicative of what he's going to be in the future. Right? We've had young rookie quarterbacks break out into the spotlight. RG three, the most recent one. Uh, Watson definitely has gifts in this league, and the Texans are in a really good spot. I think. But I don't want people going out of control thinking one Thursday night football game means he's the second coming of Michael Vick. No, he has a lot of room to grow. I've still. been saying from the start that I think he's going to be the best quarterback out of that class, though. I think he had the most skill of just pure natural talent of anyone coming out of that draft. And I think, well, also, I just really like watching him play. Yeah. He's a lot of fun. Well, I we don't, we don't want to snap to judgments. No one, I mean, you're no, basically yeah. saying, no, don't make don't snap judgments. Well, yeah. no, no, no one's making snap judgments. We don't want to do that. Because I just look at little things like when he runs with the ball, that run was amazing. But if you go back and look at it, yeah, exactly. I noticed it. He runs with the ball with it on his hands. If he you're playing, it when he got close to people, he did talk. Which it. is true, yeah. but if you're playing the Patriots or the Steelers or any of those other big AFC yeah. teams, you're going to have a defender be able to catch up behind you and pop that. Or you're out. playing it's the Texans. Tough. Kareem Jackson lit up. Um, was it Giovanni? Bernard? I forget who it was. Yeah. He popped. Oh, John Ross. They ran an around to John mm-hmm. Ross. He got popped out, and Javian yeah. County running with the ball loose. But by the way, those are two two rookies, high profile rookies, to fumble on their first touches. John Ross, and then obviously the Chiefs guy, Kareem uh, Hunt. Kareem Hunt did it. Uh, Kareem Hunt bounced back huge. John Ross, <laughs> we, we'll, we'll find out. Um, I Read real quick, I want to address what you were talking about with the individuals. Yeah, That's a game last night. I'm always watching football for the individuals. I'm a big football guy. Get the sense you are too. You watch a draft. <laughs> Same. Love it. Um, yeah, big stars all over the field for the Texans' defense. I yeah. mean, that place is loaded with first-round draft picks. I personally love watching and Clowney, uh, A.J. Green, Geno Atkins, uh, Kevin Johnson, the young guy corner. For, I mean, I could you, go you're on. You're forgetting the biggest one, J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt's <laughs> back. Yeah, I know. That's funny. This just shows where my mind is. Um, he might have made the best play of the night, by the way, when he speared the center for the At the very bench. end of the game, and then he took his helmet off. Like he immediately. Oh man, that was that was awesome. But no, it was it was kind of it's very it was a paradoxical game. It was yeah. an ironic game because. It was loaded with individual talent. I yeah. mean, really loaded. Like It was terrible. Uh, I, Collinsworth made the comment how many first-rounders were on yeah. the field, but you're right. It was terrible. It was slow-moving. They were also talking about how you know, it was just running. It was an old-school mm-hmm. football game. but It really speaks to how football is the ultimate team sport, yeah. right? Yeah. How you can have all, so many great individuals, but yet still have a pretty unwatchable game because the yeah. whole team as a, as a whole wasn't what it needed to be. I literally just got a text from my cousin saying, this has got to be the year Marvin Lewis gets fired. And I, I agree. <laughs> Jack, perfect segue right there. I was going to say, let's talk about the Bengals situation real quick. because So now they're 0-2 and with some tough games coming They haven't up. scored a touchdown yet. They haven't scored a touchdown yet. And that was the whole thing. And last night it was like, I, I mean, my, I was so invested in the game for the Bengals because not even as a fan – as a fan of the game, but feel bad. <laughs> they got the ball down the score of 13 to 9, and there were like two minutes left, and it was like, okay, now they actually need a touchdown. They need a touchdown. Can they get there first? Nope. And it was like, you know, you were just staring at Marvin Lewis and especially Andy Dalton in the face, and it was like, can you get a touchdown to go in the game? And they didn't, and it was it was bad. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, they, like you said, they have the offensive talent. And they have Adrian Green. Andy Dalton has been at least serviceable for his entire career. At times, very, at very least. good. Yeah, and at the very least. We've, we've seen flashes from Gio Bernard. Jeremy Hill's pretty much done, it looks like. But, I mean, John Ross is real fast. Joe Mix we haven't seen a lot out of yet. I mean, there's a lot of talent on that team, but just, they're kind of stagnant. Nothing happens with them anymore. They don't do anything really interesting. The most interesting play they ran last night outside of Andy Dalton throwing into basically triple coverage and AJ Green coming down with it was the end around to John Ross that ended up in a fumble. Yeah, no, definitely. The Bengals are a team that, 
have strengths in obvious areas, but their weaknesses do not help their strengths. If anything, they hinder them. You look at A.J. Green, I would argue, okay, maybe not. I think Julio Jones is the best receiver in the league, but he's definitely up there. And you said, mm-hmm. of course, Andy Dalton at best is serviceable. You know, I don't think at best. I think at worst he's serviceable. I mean, not, uh, not at worst, no. At worst is his game week one where he threw four picks. I think he he tops out as a top 15 quarterback, like 12, yeah, 10. Well, I guess I just... I'll be more on that track when I see a little bit more consistency. But yeah. then maybe to your point, maybe he's inconsistent because, one, they can never establish a solid run game, a run yeah. game that can, you can really rely on, not to get 20 yards per rush. People don't realize this, right? They don't get five. A good rushing game isn't one that breaks 40 yards. No, it's a good running game. Is like, you know what? Our offense is slow. We can't get passes completed necessarily over the middle or whatever our game plan was. Let's hand it off to our back. We know we're at least going to get need to three. average four yards a carry. Or four, yeah. So exactly. you can get a first down on three runs. And they don't have that. And then and one may call, you know, A.J. Green is the only big-time receiver. They need to get, I think, someone else on the side that's a big threat like that so he's not getting double covered. Because right now their offense is Andy Dalton, throw it up to A.J. Green. Mm-hmm. A.J. Green, you're either on Sports Center or we're going home with a loss. And that can't be the way you run a franchise. 100% agree with you there. A.J. Green, they were talking about it like Dalton was looking his way the whole night and yep. he was staring at him. It was almost egregious. <laughs> Wouldn't you, though? Like, if I, I, if would. I was I Andy would Dalton, too. I would Sean be Watson like... Sean did the same exact thing. So, the Texans, in my opinion, are the team to, you know, come out with something now. They're one-on-one. It's worth talking yeah. about. You got the AFC South. It'll be interesting. But, for now, we want to kick it to fantasy with our own Joe DeBarro. John. Maybe John DeBarro, not Joe. Joe DeBarro. Well, John. I'm, I'm in the FUV. You're thinking of Joe DeBarro. I'm in the FUV mindset. So, John DeBarro, further ado. Without further ado. What do you Who got? Who are some of the safest bets in fantasy this week? Here are the players our expert thinks you must start if you're looking to win your matchup. All right, who do you want to start this week? Let's start with Kansas City quarterback Alex Smith in Philadelphia this week. Kansas City has a dynamic offense with plenty of weapons. Talk about Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Kill, Travis Kelsey. Andy Reid showed last week that he's willing to open up the field with a deep ball. That's usually straying from their West Coast offense. But don't expect him to replicate his week one performance where he had two passing touchdowns over 75 yards. But as long as he continues to spread the ball around to his playmakers, he'll turn in a solid performance against the beatable Eagles secondary. To the running back position in C.J. Anderson with the Broncos facing Dallas this week. There are a lot of question marks in the Broncos backfield entering the year with the addition of Jamal Charles. But I think it's safe to say that C.J. Anderson has established himself as that team's lead back with 20 carries in the Broncos' Monday night win over the Chargers. Denver's committed to running the ball in a conservative offense built to minimize the mistakes from Trevor Simeon. The Cowboys had the best run defense in the league last year, believe it or not, allowing under 85 rushing yards per game last year. But Anderson can still bring value this week just because of the sheer volume and carries. And maybe a bit of a riskier play this week, but someone I think will bounce back from a bad week one performance is Kelvin Benjamin with Carolina facing Buffalo. He only had one catch last week for 25 yards against a bad 49ers team. But I think that performance was more of a product of Carolina trying to slowly work in Cam Newton, recovering from a shoulder injury, and trying to integrate Christian McCaffrey into their offense. With one week under their belt, I think it'll be better this week. I think they'll open up the offense more as Cam Newton continues to shake the rust off, and Kellen Benjamin will be a safe play. Start all these guys this week and watch the points rack up. All right, so John, I do have a question for you, though. You mentioned C.J. Anderson. I've got him in a league, 12-person league, points per reception. But last week I started Mike Gillisley. Got me three touchdowns, so obviously I was feeling it. And I'm a Patriots fan, so I always want to start him. Would you start C.J. Anderson or Mike Gillisley? Right. I feel your pain because I had Gillisley on my bench last Ooh, week. I started him, thank God. Yeah, hated to see him score those three touchdowns, but 
you just never know what the Patriots yeah. running backs do. I mean, he'll definitely Gillisley will definitely have that Legarrette Blunt yeah. type goal line role. So I think you're safe to say that he's going to get at least the opportunities in the red zone. But I think C.J. Anderson's a safer play because he's not All as right. reliant on the touchdown because you know he's going to get touches right. in that Denver backfield. All right. well, that's, uh, that's where my head was at. But I like to hear our fantasy experts say it because <laughs> I feel better because I'm, I've been in this league. I'm the commissioner of this league for the last 12 years. Oh, wow. Never won it. <laughs> Side note, I know this isn't necessarily fantasy fantasy. Do, are you guys against the idea that if you run a fantasy league, I want to try this. I want to get rid of the kicker. And the defense. I'm against yes. it. Like, is that a good idea or am I crazy? Absolutely. If I'm running skill a that goes league, into that. Look, I'm not saying there's not skill. There's also skill in like making it so you choose individual defensive players. Oh. But I'm saying I, I think it's significant. I think you want to keep those things. Maybe at an individual. I do some leagues have it where you have. I don't know. Yeah, I know what player. you guys mean. Maybe for more casual fantasy football f- fans, it can be it can be annoying. Just saying. I don't know. IDP is too so, much work. <laughs> with that, why don't we move on to some New York football? Start right. with the New York Giants. So, the Giants, obviously, disappointing. Yeah. In a similar way that the Bengals are. (laughs) They have a big test this Monday night. Home opener against Detroit. Giants scored three points last week against the Cowboys. Did not show out on offense where we're worried about them. Wouldn't say they showed out on defense. They did well on Mm -hmm. defense. They did well on defense. They did their job, so to speak. We have a report to play, sort of previewing, sort of encapsulating what's gone on with the Giants' season so far. When the Giants arrived at AT AT&T Stadium last Sunday night for their highly anticipated season opener against the rival Cowboys, expectations were as high as the video board is long. Indeed, the Giants at Jerry World were a confident bunch. The moves Jerry Reese had made in the offseason, retooling an offense in desperate need of a spark, had fans optimistic that a well-balanced team could carry them far into the playoffs. But an old narrative rang true for Big Blue on Sunday night as the offense put up just three points in what was a disappointing and slightly frightening 19-3 loss. A bend-don't-break defense did its job in holding Dak, Dez, and Zeke to 19 points, but a leaky offensive line completely derailed an offense that, as a result, never got going. More accurately, the offense didn't just play poorly, but indeed looked ugly in doing it. Not a single new installment worked for the unit, and old problems resurfaced with a terrifying vigor as protection for number 10 quickly and constantly dissipated, sending cowboy pass rushers exploding through the line. And however related, the quarterback looked hesitant to throw the ball even more than three yards. For the confidence of Giants players and fans going forward, Playing complimentary football this Monday night in their home opener will be huge. Enter the Lions from Detroit, pridefully roaming their way into MetLife Stadium following a convincing win against the Cardinals. They will be a difficult test for Big Blue. For the Giants to win, new faces in the offense must deliver on the promises of variety and production with which they came in with. For if they don't, they will for a second straight week become instead means for confusion. With the Giants Report, I'm Tommy Aldridge, WFTV Sports. 
Tommy, what was that music? <laughs> that was awesome. I didn't realize how scary it actually it was. scary I, and sad and very fitting. Oh my <laughs> that was God. really sort of the first time I heard that like that. Wow, I think, I don't know why we're all sort of cracking up here. It was, like, <laughs> it was so it was creepy. Yeah. That was, that was, I mean, it was great content. I love the prideful yeah. Yeah, pun as well. But that, I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'm looking, looking out for you next week. Maybe we change up the music. <laughs> something that's not gonna. Well, make maybe me. the Giants can win. Yeah, there's I that. Think, uh, yeah. I think you know. Sorry, no. I tell you about Giants don't have to win. They have to show up in yeah. some capacity on Monday night. I mean, the thing is, they're not gonna have OBJ again. He's, they, he said yesterday he's gonna be out. He thinks it's a six to eight week injury. If I had money on it, point. I would definitely say OBJ is not playing. On I don't Monday think he night. plays. I don't think he plays next week. I don't think he plays till week four. That's definitely. I think. I think week three. We can definitely next a, week a, at this a, time. A true we'll be really start talking about it. Yeah. But like you would know, mm-hmm. the way Odell speaks and he'd be hyping up yeah. this game and saying like, "I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play." The fact that Odell's been so quiet yep. in these past few days, on top of what we've heard about the injury, to mm-hmm. me is such a strong indication that he's not gonna play. Yeah, no, the Giants, they're definitely not where they want to be, but as somebody who's seen, and obviously we've all seen them win multiple Super Bowls mm-hmm. when they were less than the favorite team, I, I will say the sky is not falling yet. Yeah, OBJ's injury is horrible, but again, a team's, as the Bengals showed us, a team's success cannot be dependent mm-hmm. on a receiver. The Giants on the good side at least have still, I think, one of the best defenses in the league. Their offense isn't there. Eli Manning has, has kind of, Digressed. I don't. I don't want to say that. I think Eli Manning is above serviceable still, and I believe if he gets enough protection, this team could still be deadly. I think they're just like kind of like an old car motor. They're gonna need some time to get going. But maybe around week six or seven, their offense start clicking, and we could see a completely different team. I don't think Eli's gonna make it that far if his offensive line continues to not be able to block, though. I mean, he's gonna get. He's getting hammered. Uh, I mean, the offense. I mean, I remember saying it the Wednesday before the season started. We had Wednesday night one on one, and you called and we talked about it like. That was going to be their downfall was the offensive line, and yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I had a, a tweet the other day with all these Giants reporters tweeting about, um, you know, Bobby Hart, the right tackle's injury, and if he's unable to go on Monday night, what that line's going to look like. And the Giants, just their roster isn't a roster right now where there's a plug-and-play, there's another... There's not a backup right tackle one of those who you kind of recognize, and it's like he can play tackle. Instead, it's is Justin Pugh going to move from left guard to right tackle? Mm-hmm. Is DJ Fluker going to come in? And all of a sudden, you have what I called a makeshift offensive line. And that's it, what it is. That was already kind of makeshift, and not that was anyway. already kind of makeshift. But and it just goes to show when one piece of yeah. an unstable puzzle mm-hmm. falls apart, it really becomes a shuffleboard, and that's. Not what anyone would envision. Yeah, and it's not really the piece of the puzzle. It's like someone took the table and pulled it out from the exact puzzle itself. Because if you don't have a good offensive line, like you can't have any semblance of an offense. Yeah. And I find it, I find it almost ironic or poetic justice, if you will, that the Giants who face now the Dallas Cowboys, yep, I said who that. have yeah. like right, and like this is a team that shows you obviously how good of a team you can be and how well your other offensive weapons can benefit from having a good offensive line. But I also think it's kind of ironic because this is a team that won multiple Super Bowls by getting to Brady, right? Being mm-hmm. a team that could get to the quarterback and having a quarterback like Eli who could stay protected just long enough. So it, I hopefully the only thing I can take from this is that football fans, hopefully now that game and this team shows you just how important that O-line is. They may not be sexy, but they're necessary. It's weird to say that week two kind of feels almost like a must win. 
in the sense that I it mean, always does. I mean, it, it, it always it does. always does. You know, there's always these teams yeah. go zero and one, and it's like, oh my god, if they go zero and two, and add it to New York media. It's the Giants, place. keep in mind, they did go zero and two in 07, mm-hmm. the year of you know we all know seven, and and it was against the Packers <laughs> yeah, at home. We know 0-7, all right? Yeah. <laughs> Let's not talk about it. Uh, but for the Giants, I mean. The the Cowboys weren't even supposed to be a good defense. I no. don't think they are. They're okay. They lost all these players mm-hmm. to free agency, and you know they don't have any superstar. I mean, it's not a great defense. Where it's the, fine. the Giants are going to have to go against Von Miller this year. Uh, they're matched up with it's some divisions. There's going to be bad. a lot of pass rushers that Eric Flowers and Bobby Hart are going to have to go against. The last defense, Ziggy Ants is going to come out. Ziggy Ants is, I mean, every team's got a guy, at least one. And uh, for the Giants, I feel like we're at this moment right now where there's a lot of question marks Mm -hmm. and questions to be answered. And it's like, are they going to be this team? Because it's realistically, game one of this season was a continuation of the latter half of the the previous season. Mm -hmm. So that's the fear. If you're a Giants fan, I mean, the fear is that it's not like, are they going to get it going? It's like, is this a broken system? Yeah. And on one hand, you could say it is a broken system because an offensive line that doesn't exist will always lead to a broken system. But then you look at games that have gone by, and it's like certain quarterbacks can play their way out of games. Eli Manning hasn't done that. And you start reaching above the offensive line Mm -hmm. and saying, could it be the quarterback's problem? I don't know. I mean, you mentioned in your your piece that it looked like coming out of the offseason, they did a really good job, but they really just— got a good unit in their defense just better instead of fixing the problem with their team last year. It's the, it, the it's tough. too. They just, went all tight end. They went tight end that couldn't block in the first yeah. round. To address that, they they you're right and you're wrong. <laughs> there wasn't a big market, obviously. You're you're right in that they didn't address the problem. Yes. Yeah. That's a true statement because the problem's the offensive yeah. line. But the also the problem was the offense. And they, the, the, what Jerry Reese would tell you probably if he was here is that they did address that. And the whole point was that they got bigger and yeah. stronger with Brandon Marshall, Red Ellison, and Evan Ingram mainly. Maybe another piece in there. Out with Will Ty, blah, blah, blah. They were going to supposed to come in with double tight end formation. Oh, they kept a fullback, which they didn't have yeah. last year. And they were in, in three receiver sets 90% of the time. That's the dig against the Giants last year. They were so predictable. Mm-hmm. They were supposed right. to come in with all this variety and all these strength and power sets now, and that just blew up miserably. Week one did not work you out. You can't run a power offense if you can't block a guy in front of you. And for some reason, and I'll speak candidly as a Giants fan, like I don't really think this is a situation where I'm just picturing Odell in the lineup like because he was matter. in the lineup all last year. Yeah, And week one was just a continuation last year. The Giants' offense could be a serious like plagued thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they say the defense wins championships and stuff, but you have to have a little bit. You gotta have something. You're not. You can't be scoring three points against a at, middling at best defense. Exactly. That's. I mean, that's a great point. These defenses are gonna get the Lions' defense is better, a whole lot better, dude. The Cowboys' defense. The Lions is might be bad. in the bottom third for yeah. sure. Yep. But there are two types of bad teams, right? Teams that have no hope, and then teams that, like the Giants, I'd consider oh, a bad team yeah. right now. I I would say for people that are listening that are that or think, oh my God, what are the Giants going to do? There's plenty of hope they can. Oh, turn this you're very around. right. You're very right. To bring it into perspective, I want you to finish, but you're very right in that we're, it's all doom and gloom right now. But no, you know, the Giants a giant, are it's a New York. It's a New York sports. Team. Yeah, and it's week one and blah 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 blah. But I'd say real quickly, just an, it, 
the expectations like were like Super Bowl for yep. this team real yep. quickly in that off that that beginning they, of offseason. They look really. Good. Everyone I'm still there. Them, I yeah. still think this team could win a Super Bowl, right? I'm I'm not this team right now yeah. is can't win a Super Bowl, but the team I think they could become has a shot. I also think what do you guys think about this theory? I think there is a little bit of added pressure because the Jets are so bad. It's like the New York Giants are holding all of the hope for New York oh. football <laughs> because like like the Jets. They're what not, about Fordham football? <laughs> That's the well, best. That's they've the, won the mo- they've won the most games over the last five years in New York of any football. I was team let me just say I was at West the most Point points this year. by far, probably. Yeah. I was at West Point this year, guys. Anyways, all right. I think I think that yeah, the Jets. I mean, this obviously is kind of tongue in cheek. It's not they're not going into the locker room like, oh my god, the Jets are horrible. We got to pull it up. But as the media, as us looking at it, I think almost subconsciously in a way, we're almost like. This Giants team is that much better than this Jets team, so they need to be that much better. And right now, they're not. They're obviously better than the Jets, but they're not good enough. Yeah, it's weird because I agree with you that this is not the time to panic and sell Giants right now because they are that defense is still incredible. That they can they can play these thir- they could play a game like the Texans did last night and win thirteen nine. Yeah, but to do that for a whole season? No, it's I mean as we speak, like I'm so torn. On like, and that's why I return to the fact that I believe we're at this moment. Like the next few games, yeah, we have to see if they can do something because back to the point of week one being a continuation of the last half of last season. If if they keep stringing together these games, where all of a sudden it's like, I mean, the stats are—I don't have the stats pulled up right now. We could pull them up if you got like. There are ridiculous statistics right now that in the past seven games. The Giants have scored the 32nd least points in the league on average. It's like oh it's like it's like uh like 12 or 13. I think it's 13 and the Browns come in next and the Browns have scored like 14 or 15. Yeah. And it's like I mean the Giants have been on offense mm-hmm. atrocious. And it doesn't get easier recently. It does. It's just hard to talk about it in the in a, a wholesome way because there was a whole offseason yeah. and a retooled offense. So it's like Let's pull off the brakes and let's, let's, and, and, that, and that's why I want to pull off the brakes again because it's a new season with new faces. Yeah. But it's like it was looking like that before and then you start worrying about Eli Manning. So, the man, face, I'm the, excited to watch yeah. Monday night now. But yeah, the faces that you kept around are not good, really. I mean, they're hurt. OBJ's hurt. But I think Eli's on the backslide. So, I mean, that's a concern because maybe it's he following in his older brother's footsteps and fading quickly. Because it's possible. It's totally possible. I think the magic number for this team is 17. If the Giants can't score at least 17 points in a game. Which isn't a lot. <laughs> which isn't a lot. But at I all. think that is yeah. the benefit I they agree. have of no, having such good yeah. defense, right? I mean, it's That's interesting. We could talk about this. I was saying, like, you know, when, when the, the Cowboy game was 19-3. And I kept saying to people, if I woke up in the morning and, and someone came down from heaven and told me, hey, all right, the Giants or the, the Cowboys will score 19 points. Mm-hmm. That's all I'll tell you. Yeah. I would be like, okay. And I would get a probably a confident feeling that like that gives your team a very reasonable chance to win. Don't we agree? Yes. This and is and so score. I was thinking good, about that. A good offense. I was saying that about 19. Yeah. You said 17. That's yeah. even less. So, like, I mean, really, it's like the Giants just got to – they got to get more than three. Yes. Well, because there's something, like, depressing about not scoring a touchdown. I say 17 because if you're in that game, the game is not 19 to 3, it's 7 it's 19-17. I think your entire Giants roster is at least believing itself to the point that they can yeah. get 24, yeah. that they can get 28, you know what I mean? And that's what they need. I'm not saying 17 and they're golden to win. I'm saying you know the offense is not going to be the reason they necessarily lose. Okay, I'll take that back. Their offense won't be atrocious. Yeah. 
if they score at least 17. If it's under 17, I would almost go ahead right away and put an L in the uh, win-loss column for this team. If, if, and it's not asking a lot, like you guys said. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, it's totally worth talking about because, again, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not making stuff up here. In the last seven games or something like that, and that's a half of a season, live, yeah. the Giants have scored about 13 points per game on average. So, Pump that up by four. You got a couple more wins. Yeah, and I mean... F- Four, that's like rounding up. That's like, I mean, the Giants need, uh, and that's why Odell Beckham is so big, yeah. by the way, because he steals touchdowns for you. Totally. And you realize, like, it's easy to say when a player goes off and makes a great play to say, like, oh, Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham won the game for the Giants last night. The night of, it's hard to realize that because you say, oh, well, everyone did all these things. But when you put last year into perspective, you really realize that with those splash plays that just come up to mind, one Baltimore Ra- Ravens yeah, and Ravens Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, Those were two slants to the houses that actually put two more wins yeah. in the win column yep. for the Giants. And that's the difference between the playoffs. So, like, Odell Beckham being the best player, not just on the Giants, but one of the best players in the league, yeah, yeah he literally won a few games for you last year. And this... Monday they're going to need a home run at some point because the Lions can do it with they saw you saw it with Galladay and they have a really talented offense. You're going to need to put up some points, and I don't know. I mean, Brandon Marshall's got to get more involved. Yeah. one one target, one catch last week. That's a good mention, by the way. Ga- Galladay is Kenny that Galladay? Yeah, or Galladay. that's a good matchup against Eli Apple because Golden Tate will presumably be guarded by. Well, they're, they're three deep. They got Marvin Jones too. Oh so... man, so Janoris Jenkins. <sighs> Janoris Jenkins will get Golden Tate. Probably. Eli it's Apple. funny. Golden Tate is like, that's the number one. That's the best wide receiver. But I think we could all agree, like, Marvin Lewis, there's something scary. Marvin Jones. Or Marvin, Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones. Will, so Marvin scary Jones, about Marvin Lewis, like too. You, <laughs> yeah, in a different scary. way. No, but, like, you almost want to put your most athletic best in, in the red zone, Marvin Jones because he's just crazy. Like, he's, he's a, a wild red zone threat. Um, he's incredible. Well, going back to the Odell Beckham point real quick is yeah. that I, I agree with you, right? The home run threat is valuable. But I think his real value comes, and again, I'm not a big proponent of star wide receiver means championship team. I think they're obviously, why not have one? It doesn't, but it, I think it can mean I like, it's like going. defense wins championships, offense wins games. No, Odell won games. I bet, yeah, you do know where I'm going. Is the idea that Odell Beckham being on the field yep. changes exactly how the defense schemes. Because like, they're thinking about those plays too. Yeah. So the real benefit isn't necessarily when he hits the home run. It's when Brandon Marshall was that much more open because Odell's on the other side. It's yeah. when... Uh, Shepard is available just enough room in the middle because Odell's running a, an out route on the left side. They mentioned Those the game w- that night that uh, the Cowboys could just play a balanced defense. They didn't have to commit either way. They could play oh, yeah. straight and up. And that's the most comfortable type oh. of defense. Yeah. For yeah. A, By for the way, team. the Cowboys rushed four all night. That's all I needed to, to do. Yeah, yeah. And then you got seven. So Brandon Marshall's got to get more involved. Yeah. That's for sure. A lot of questions on end for, for the Giants right now. A lot to talk about with them, but we got to go back to fantasy right now for... Another update. Predicting this week's fantasy duds is just as important as picking this week's fantasy studs. Here's who our expert thinks you should sit this week. Let's start off with Dallas quarterback Dak Prescott versus Denver. Between the Broncos' lockdown secondary and terrific pass rush, coupled with a tough road environment in Denver, Dak should struggle to put up numbers in a game where the Cowboys will be extra conservative offensively and lean on Ezekiel Elliott and the running game. Moving over to Carlos Hyde, running back for San Francisco versus Seattle this week. Seattle's run defense isn't as scary as it was a few years ago, but they were still a top 10 in the run defense in the league last year. Add Sheldon Richardson to the mix against a weak San Fran offense that will be playing from behind and leaning more towards the passing game in that matchup. If you have Hyde on your fantasy team, you probably spend a high draft pick on him and want to play him when he's healthy, 
but a bad Week 2 matchup will really limit his fantasy potential. And moving on to New York, you heard the guys talk about it. Let's talk about wide receiver Brandon Marshall versus Detroit. Just one catch in the Giants' Week 1 loss in Dallas. Getting Odell back should improve the Giants' off offensive output this week, but Ben McAdoo's conservative play calling plus a terrible offensive line really limits the fantasy output of all of New York's offense, especially if Odell is still limited by his ankle sprain. Those are the guys you should keep on your fantasy benches this week. <laughs> Did you just say McAdoo's terrible play calling? Conservative. I said conservative. I said conservative. Oh, oh, I nice. <laughs> said terrible. I was like, well, that, that that's, that's a good take well. because that I mean that's in the media this week. You're also very courteous of like, not like, oh yeah, these guys you need to bench. No, these are the guys you might want to place on your bench this week. Yeah. <laughs> it's Give them a break, it's, right? It's Give them a break. John, I'm going to throw another question at you because this is, I guess, what I'm doing this now because I just don't know if, ever know what to do setting my lineups. <laughs> what do you feel about, how do you feel about the guys from Miami and Tampa who didn't play week one? Yeah, that's a weird situation. I mean, you definitely, I'm always a proponent of start your studs, yeah, obviously. Okay, yeah. Mike Evans, you know, on that, in that lineup. Jarvis Landry. Maybe, who knows, we'll see them maybe a little fresher than the rest yeah. of the guys that they're playing, but... That's definitely going to hurt them later in the season, yeah. playing 16 yeah. straight games, speaking especially of, come fantasy playoffs time. Speaking of studs, what do we think about Devontae Parker? Anyone know about Devontae Parker? I know Devontae yeah. he, he, I mean, former 11th overall pick. I'm sort of always waiting on him yeah. for to explode, potentially. And right. he moss, he's got some highlights that he's put up just with no consistency. Right. Well, he's getting a lot of hype with the Jay Cutler connection, and Jay Cutler's called him a better version of Alshon Jeffrey, who they had a great rapport with in uh, Chicago. Wow. that's I'm really glad you said that because... That is an interesting point. One, Jay Cutler is a deep ball master. Mm -hmm. Loves that. And I would agree with that assessment that Devontae Parker is probably a more athletic, highly touted, uh, you know, big, tall receiver. Yeah, Jeffrey. I think the big the big and tall is really yeah. important, right? Six, three, oh, well, he's a freak. I mean, there's a reason. Nine, yeah. You're a draft guy. Devontae Parker. He yeah, was the no. second best receiver consensus. I forget which draft that was, but he was 11th overall. Evans? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I remember Parker. I, if it was Mike Evans, that would put him in the OBJ year, oh, so and no. I don't think so it was that. that. I think Parker definitely, I don't, again, just like kind of with the Giants, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. I definitely think Parker is in one of the best positions to win. Warm city, right? You're not going to have to worry about inclement weather going down. Jay Cutler, who I still think, yes, he's inconsistent, but a very underrated quarterback. For he knows what how he to is. play football. He definitely does. And yeah, Devontae Parker, big body, who does have the talent because he was taken early in the first round. I wouldn't say like he's going to become a superstar, but definitely someone that will contribute positively to whatever else he's on. Yeah, so now we got to turn our heads to the other New York team. Do the we one have that's. To? <laughs> I mean, well, right now we're talking yeah. about like. Putting some pressure on the other That's team true. we just Good talked point. about. The New York Jets, they got the Raiders this week. It's funny, Jets-Raiders a few weeks, a few years ago, you see that and you're like, oh my God, that's that's literally the grossest game on TV. That's still 1 p.m. September. Now the no, Raiders are the Raiders. Yeah, it's like you still forget. The Raiders are a team. So Jets are still involved. Why don't we have Matt Murphy tell us a little bit what's going on with the Jets? As you might have expected... The Jets dropped their first game of the season this past Sunday to the Buffalo Bills. The final score was 21-12, and there weren't a whole lot of plays that weren't a there were some bright spots delivery here. But I will tell you that better results are on the way, and soon, just not likely this week. Spoiler alert, they play the Raiders in Oakland. Before I dive into the Raiders matchup with my official prediction and score, here are the numbers to note from the Week 1 loss. 190 the number of Bills rushing yards. That's unacceptable for a defensive unit that features the likes of Leonard Williams and Mo Wilkerson up front. The Jets' D knew they would be getting a heavy dose of LaShawn McCoy, and quite frankly, they just weren't up to the task. 
The next number is 13. That's the number of total carries for all Jets running backs in the game. Bilal Powell and Matt Forte should have been way more involved against the Bills. Powell is a big time playmaker, and the Bills didn't stuff the box as much as most expected. Now on to Oakland this week. Gang Green hasn't opened a season 0-2 since 2007, but that streak's in serious jeopardy on Sunday. I'm predicting a 27-10 Raiders win. Marshawn Lynch, just like LaShawn McCoy, will be very tough to stop. Add in quarterback Derek Carr and weapons like Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree in the passing game, and it's not a good mix for the Jets. The good news, as I said at the top, is that better results are on the horizon. That potential comes in the form of the home opener against the Dolphins, another home game against the Jaguars, and a road meeting with the Cleveland Browns in consecutive weeks. The 0-16 talk will end soon, just not this week in Oakland. Covering the... I'm Matt Murphy, WFUV Sports. Very well done to our guy, Matt Murphy, out in the field covering those New York Jets. His music was more positive than yours, and that team is trending downwards at all times. I well, let's be know. honest, Matt needs the music, too. As you said, he's on the field with the Jets. The music is definitely one of those kind of like... That's for his own sake, just, just to stay upbeat and positive. Yeah. No, no, but the, I mean, the Jets haven't, haven't gone 0-2 since 2007. Well, that's a shocking yeah. statistic. I mean, hmm, they must ha- win some early games. <laughs> and, then, and then go on and lose the, yeah. the rest. I, I think almost that that is one of the best kind of indicators to support our, our idea that the Giants aren't out of it, is that the Jets are surprisingly good to start the season, yeah. and they good end point. up pr- being pretty mediocre. I mean, I know they made the AFC Championship with Sanchez, but overall the Jets are the little brother with one leg compared to the Patriots, so they're not going to win any races anytime soon. <laughs> I thought it was interesting. I watched a lot of Red Zone last week because, you know, week one, uh, get get that full feel in it, the whole thing. Red Zone is great. I'm not trying to watch the Jets, honestly. That new season real. smell. Exactly. I think I saw about three Jets plays. Nothing happened in that game. It was very boring. I think one of the last one of the plays was the last play. There's, there's, not, there's nothing to enjoy about watching the Jets. <laughs> That's a perfect slogan. My favorite Jets play was the last one. Like, what, are you, what are you watching? Like, what's, yeah. who, who on that team is exciting to watch right now? really at all some players on the defense yeah the defense um, is i agree leonard williams is a lot of fun he's Bilal really powell is a redeemable but like, player but like on matt the said but like matt said they didn't get him involved at all which is bizarre I, mean, I guess they weren't even down a whole lot the whole game they just didn't move the ball it's, on the ground. it's funny that you're pointing out how like it was such a quiet game because come to think about it it's one of the few games from last week and i, I watched red zone too but i also just haven't even like i've hardly caught like a highlight from that game there wasn't i don't really know what went down in it uh and i'd love to go back and like sort of you know watch the film on that one see what the jets were all about clearly they only scored 12 points not a touchdown like the giants i'm assuming and you know what you guys don't need to feel bad about that because i i know the nfl is different than the nba right NBA teams, everyone's like, why watch a tanking team? But you know what? There's only 16 games in the oh. season, and I know the Jets, they are tanking. They're not trying to be good. So we as fans, especially if you're not a Jets fan, you don't need to watch the Jets games, and you don't need to feel bad that you're not watching the Jets game because, quite frankly, they're not going out there to try and play football, so we shouldn't expect to see them try and play football either. I've always wondered, like, is... Because you hear it more and more... Or not more, not more and more. You hear it all the time, the concept of tanking. Yeah. Um... And I always just hear it and just, I, I've honestly had it always just go in here and out the other as like, that is just media speak. Like, that is not a real thing. 
But I, I mean, I recognize that it could be. Mm-hmm. So maybe, you know, keep in mind the Jet situation and reference that, but I'm also kind of opening this up to, like, what to what extent is tanking a real legitimate philosophy? And, let, no, let's talk about the Jets. Yeah. What, in there, yeah. What, to what degree are the Jets tanking for strategical reasons? Oh, I think they are fully. If you just look at what they didn't do this Would they season. do that? Would they lose games, though? Yeah, I Define well, tanking. Like, are okay. they not no, no, going? It's, it's harder in football than anything else. Because that's what I'm talking about. Ultimately, tanking the NFL draft, people talk about getting the number one pick. Mm-hmm. So, if we're talking about tanking for real, we're talking about they want a quarterback. losing football games they on purpose. They want but, a quarterback. And the, I don't. Th- I'm not sure anyone does that. The idea of tanking is that the Jets, uh, the players, are not trying to lose in any kind no, of no, situation. No. But they're it's, not built to win. That's exactly what it is. The tanking that's process point. starts before the regular season even mm-hmm. kicks off. It's not putting those pieces in place that you think will help you get that extra one or two wins. It's you know what, knowing you have a young quarterback, but maybe not putting him in as early as he should because you are afraid he'll be a little bit too good, honestly, no, I to think get that. No, if Christian Hackenberg tried out to be good, the Jets would be ecstatic. <laughs> well, no, it'd because be, then they wouldn't have no, to draft that, another see, That's why I disagree. I think it'd be even worse. Because no. I think if Hackenberg comes in and he's good enough for them to be like, huh, then all of a sudden, say Sam Darnold or someone like that declares for the draft, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, we're, maybe we believe in Hackenberg. A la Fitzpatrick, who has one good season. And well, then, Fitzpatrick was older. I mean, that was different. I meant in the sense of like having a quarterback thinking, a oh, thinking like, oh, he can help us win now. Let's get another position, and then all of a sudden that quarterback's gone. Well, so. I think if Hackenberg turns out to be okay when he eventually, if he he's got to start at some point, I think. But if he does turn out to be okay, they'll be happy because then they don't have to use a first round pick on a quarterback again. But I think they need to. They do. I think they're gonna they're gonna get Rosen the best or Darnold for or the Jets Allen. is to hope those guys commit. Be the worst team in the NFL. Get the first round draft pick and hunker down and, and wait till Brady leaves. See, the NFL. that's the type of talk that I think is funny. Like I've heard Jets fans say, like I just hope. Let's I mean, get Jets Darnold. fans are maybe the most fatalistic think, things in the, on the planet. I just think that's a <laughs> pessimistic view. It is. I would, as a football fan, hope I'm never saying scrap this season You've and never let's been bank on using a number one yeah. pick on a quarterback, which is like what the most risky thing you can do. Like it's either going to fail or work. Yeah. Like I mean, well, the easiest the easiest team to compare the Jets to is the Ryan like, Mets. I want, it, because yeah. it's just it, those fandoms cross over a lot, and you 100%. get a lot of people who are just like, "Well, you live in one your fantasy over. land if you don't think there's a connection between yeah. the Giants, the Yankees, and the Knicks, and the Mets." And someone tell me out the Mets, That's the Jets, the Jets, and the <laughs> the Nets, and the Nets. The three that rhyme. The well, the Nets now are now different. They're okay. in Brooklyn, but, but yes, same concept. But I think the thing with the Jets and rebuilding in football, what do you, what do you got? You're right. Well, then no, the the Knicks like. There's just more something about that. That comment was probably more about like the fan base's yeah, connection. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Because Charlie makes a good point in the studio that the the Knicks have been terrible. Yeah. And so you're right. There's there's that kind of connection. Yeah. I didn't mean like it's the mean. Giants' glory and the uh, and the Yankees' glory, but yeah. more. Like the, you could be very disrespectful brothers. about it and be like, it's the second class teams in New York. I yeah, mean, then. that's one. On one, that's like the worst thing you the can say about it. The newer teams in New York. That's true. That's that's a great way to put it. Um, but just go back to like just rebuilding in football. It's weird to me than in any other sport because in basketball and baseball you can see the the kind of trends of when we they started building a team three years ago because guys last a lot longer. In baseball you have that long farm system. In basketball guys can have a couple years to develop. In football it's kind of right away when you have that whole the average career is three or four years. You don't have time to really rebuild and do a full blow up because building a football team is very hard and it's a very outside of a few examples being like the Patriots 
and maybe like times the Colts and the Packers and stuff. It's hard to have a consistently good team for a long period of time. Your window is always closing. I agree with you one hundred percent. It's a what it, I like to say. It's a what have you done for me now? Yeah. Or what's the expression? What have you done for me lately? What have you done for me but lately? In the, type in the, league. But in the football, and it really is. In football, I think it is. What have you done for me now? It's what have you done the last year? <laughs> yeah, literally, like this past season. What, one thing about the Jets that I don't understand. I guess I don't follow the situation enough, but. I like to think I th- follow the league enough. Why isn't there more chatter about Bryce Petty as an option? Because good. he was used. He was drafted in the 2015 draft. Mm-hmm. It was not that long ago. No. And they spent a fourth-round pick on him. Yep. The Giants just spent a f- third, to be fair, third-round pick on uh, Webb. Webb. Davis Webb. These are guys who you expect to develop. I mean, Bryce Petty's a guy. You, why aren't Jets fans more like, let's have Petty they have been. develop? I went to the Jets-Giants preseason game, and he looks darn good, about 10 times better than Hackenberg well, yeah. did. I think that's the thing is he looks a lot better in comparison to Hackenberg, but he's kind of just a... I spent a lot of time with Jets there fans. Must a lot of my family's Jets fans. There must be something fans. I don't know as a non-follower of or the Or any Jets. of us know. There could be definitely, definitely could be things in practice No, but that... for the fan base, why don't the fan bases chatter about him more? He must have had some really bad preseasons or something. He's, he's played in games in regular season. Because it's, like, it's like he's, they've already given up on him. He's pretty average. At best... He's had. He's just nothing. He doesn't inspire you. That he doesn't do anything particularly well. So he doesn't have he's, like a huge he's a, ceiling. He's, no, maybe? no, no, no. Like, he's a very generic pocket quarterback that uh, can move a little bit. Uh, can't throw very you. well. Just he's kind of he's okay. Mm-hmm. He's, and, Jet, and Jet fans want the big guy. They want you. So talk there's about, nothing. He there's looks not like a McCown. Much to be excited about. He's like a lower tier McCown. I got you. <laughs> which is of course that's who they have starting now. Which in and of itself that that should be the biggest sign to that they are tanking that they signed a McCown. Yeah. No McCown ever starts for well, It's not team. what he is, it's what he isn't. You talk about um oh you can't imagine teams tanking, but it's it's a fact. You cannot win in the NFL if you do not have a franchise quarterback. And if I'm, it's a McCown, it's not a franchise yeah, quarterback. Yeah, and so I think even if uh That's a good Petty point. ends up being, you know, a serviceable quarterback or whatever, he's not what Darnold could end up being. You know what I mean? Or a Rosen. And that is what the Jets are looking for. The Jets are like, we're tired of being bad than mediocre, bad than, oh, surprisingly, a little bit better than bad. You know what I mean? They want to be the Colts. They want to be a team that's, if we're bad, at least we have a gem behind the center to build around. Petty played in in six games last year. 75 for 133, 56% completion percentage for 809 yards. That's not great. That's pretty average, honestly. Three touchdowns, seven picks. Doesn't take care of the ball. He's just kind of a guy who's around, and he's a warm body. He's younger, so you think he could develop, but I don't think there. No one on the no Jets fan, and I don't think really anyone on the Jets is really expecting that to be their guy. Also, do we trust their coaching staff? Like, let's be honest, Todd Bowles. I don't feel is the guy for this team. I don't think he's. It's a poor hard to head get coach. a read. It's hard to get a read on him because and that's they, why the I think team's he's not been good so for the Jets. Bad. Bryce I think the Petty, Jets need by the a way, personality is injured. Also hurt. Bryce Petty MCL injury. I'm looking at that. August 27th had an MCL injury. They were surprised he was. Uh, so that on the confused world. the Jets quarterback situation. Not that yeah. there was much confusion around it. I don't yeah. I think Josh McCown was it the whole time. Yeah. It'll be an interesting season to follow. I'm excited to see about Josh McCown. See if he can win some games. I think he can. I like him. Uh, but, but that's the thing. The Jets don't want to win games. Don't. Yeah. So that I mean, like, hit, hit my, one of my classes. We have to make blogs. His blog is literally looking for the Jets to lose, and I'm excited to chronicle every Jets loss. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Losing to win. Yeah, so why don't we go to the third and final fantasy segment, which is sleepers. So let's hit it. Nailing sleeper picks is a surefire way to get your team a victory. Here are some players that fantasy owners are currently overlooking. Some sneaky week two plays that can give you the edge in your matchup. Let's start with Baltimore running back Buck Allen, which you see a lot of volume after Danny Woodhead went down last week with a hamstring injury. He had 21 carries in week one and should be more involved in the passing game this week against Cleveland. 
Joe Flacco loves to throw to his running back, so look for Buck Allen to fill that Danny Woodhead role nicely in a good matchup versus a young Cleveland defense. Moving on to Atlanta wide receiver Mohamed Sanu. If their two matchups last year are any indi indication, the Falcons game against the Packers will be a shootout, and with that, will be a lot of yards and points up for grabs. Matt Ryan in the Falcons offense likes to spread the ball around, and they'll look to do just that against a very beatable Green Bay secondary. And staying in that same game, how about Green Bay wide receiver Devontae Adams, who stands to benefit from a high-scoring game as well? The Falcons defense should key on Jordy Nelson, and that should open up some opportunities for Adams in the passing game. And with Aaron Rodgers behind center, there's always a strong chance for strong fantasy production. Sleepers, the key to fantasy. Always I'm with, been I'm the with key you, to I'm my with you on Buck Allen. Yeah, absolutely. Buck Allen is great a sleeper. He, he had more. Say. He had more touches last week after what it went down than West did. Which is impressive. If there was one guy, like really, that just you think the majority of the public doesn't know about this week, this week, like who's your number one sleeper? Uh, I think Buck Allen is. I'm yeah. just going to stick with him. Just stick. Uh, just because he okay. gets. Just because of the touches. Yeah. I mean, Danny Woodhead was expected to have a big role. He was a sleeper of mine heading into the season. Definitely a guy I was targeting in drafts. I think Buck Allen could do that role even better than Danny Woodhead if he could stay mm -hmm. healthy and really emerge as like a real fantasy player all year long. I agree. I fantasy agree. season never ends. Really, <laughs> constantly going. We got weekly picking type stuff. And speaking of pick'em, that's exactly what we're going to do right now. We have the official pick'em section. Let's look into the crystal ball for some weekly NFL predictions. All right, so I guess I'll start us off. We got Buffalo at Carolina. Go around the room. Jack? Uh, give me Carolina. 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 Cam Newton, Carolina all the way. We're all rolling with Carolina. I like them too. All right, Minnesota at Pittsburgh. That's a good game. Yeah, that should be a good one. Uh, give, me, give me Minnesota. I'm going to take Minnesota. I don't know why. I'm a Steeler fan. I'm nervous, oh, but I'm going to pick Pittsburgh with this one. Closer game than we expect. Pittsburgh's still going to win. Yeah, if this was at home for the Vikings, I'd go with them all the way. I'm going to go with them still. I'd take the Vikings. Oh, <laughs> nice. Thank you, Tom. Cleveland and Baltimore. Cleveland at Baltimore. Uh, at Baltimore, i got to go Baltimore. I like Cleveland this year, though. I think they're okay. Cleveland looked good last week. I'm going to stick with them this week. They beat Baltimore. I want to go Cleveland. It's a fun pick. It's not a realistic one. Baltimore's going to win. Yeah, I wish they had Miles Garrett. Maybe I'd think about yeah. it a bit more. Ravens. This is a good game. New England at New Orleans in the Dome. New England every time. 17-1. Going to go New Orleans. I got I to gotta go with New England. They can't lose two in a row. This is a really interesting situation. I think the Saints lost last week. Yep. They won't go 0-2 at home, but the Patriots won't go 0-2 anywhere. I'm taking the Saints. Pats oh. going too. All right. Yeah. Tennessee at Jacksonville. I like the AFC South. I like Tennessee. Give me Tennessee. This is never a good game. I'm just gonna <laughs> You're win. right. I'm just going to go with Jacksonville because their offense looked surprisingly good last week. Tennessee could be the most surprising team in the league. I think arguably the best rushing running game. Tennessee yeah. all the way. You know, with the quick turnover that is the NFL, this actually is a good game nowadays. Tennessee yeah. at Jacksonville. I really like this game, actually. I'm going with the Jags at home. Ooh. Right. Chicago at Tampa Bay Bucks. Tampa. Chicago looks miserable. Tampa looks like a lot of fun first week. Tampa Bay, their offense should be improved, well-rested. They get the win. Well-rested indeed, yeah. Chicago's a horrible team. Tampa Bay's a little bit better going with the Bucks. Man, Chicago's roster is pretty bad, but they played the Steelers darn they tough did. last week. I'm taking Chicago. Ooh. Philadelphia at Kansas City. Oh, man, they both looked pretty good last week. I, I got to go Kansas City. Kansas City at home is tough to beat. 
The Andy Reid Bowl. I like Kansas City yeah. to get this win. That, their offense looked terrific last week. I really love what they're doing there. Yeah, yeah I, I, don't, I don't care much for the Eagles. I'm taking Kansas City. Yeah, I got to go Kansas City. I think that they're winning against the Patriots more about how good they are and not how bad the Patriots are, and this yeah. game will show it. Kansas City. I'm on the board. The I don't know why I went in front of you. <laughs> Jets at Raiders. We talked about this. Raiders, easy money. <laughs> yeah, Raiders, easy. I think you literally couldn't pay the Raiders to lose this game. <laughs> yeah, that would be horrible if they did. I'm going Raiders. All right. Dolphins at Chargers. The Chargers looked awful, kind of, but then had a really good fourth quarter. I'm going to go Chargers. Got to trust Phillip Rivers. Jay Cutler gets the win in a close one. Reed? Uh, Dolphins, Chargers? He wants to pick the Dolphins. I do want to pick the Dolphins, but I, 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 okay, I'll go Dolphins, yeah. I think these are te- two teams that are better than people think. All right. Ah. <laughs> I'm like, Reed. Oh, man, I'm going, with the, rough. I'm going with the Dolphins. The Dolphins. All right, Niners at Seahawks. Seahawks. This game is always a trap for the Seahawks, though, right? It is. No, give me Niners. Give me the Niners. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, the Seahawks always seem to get trapped in that division, whether it's the 49ers or the Rams, but I think they're going to be more disciplined this time and pull out the win. Seahawks are not the Seahawks of old, but they're still better than the Niners, which is why they will win. Yeah, I'm interested to see if the Seahawks are going to be the Seahawks of old because they have uh, that guy from the Jets now, uh, the pass rusher. Oh, uh, Wilkerson. They have Muhammad Wilkerson on that defense. Like, oh, my God, I'm going with Seattle. Washington at L.A. L.A. looked good all of a sudden, but I – trust Kirk Cousins more than I trust Gary Goff. Give me Washington. I don't think LA is for real and I don't think Washington is going to go 0-2. Give me Washington. Yeah, I think LA is a bit... Your voices sound the same. It's good. I can go Washington because I think they have a better quarterback. Yeah. I don't think Washington will go 0-2. I think the Rams are potentially better than people realize. I'm Maybe. optimistic about every team right now. Yeah, apparently. Dallas Cowboys at Denver Broncos. Uh, the Denver offense looks pretty miserable because Paxton Lynch isn't good, so give me Dallas. I'm a big, big believer in Denver's defense at home. I think Dallas is Simeon's really good Simeon's also bad. Struggle. Charlie, correct me. Simeon's not great either. Either way. <laughs> Dallas all the way. I think they're going to be good regardless. Uh, I want to take the Broncos. I want to. Are you going to? I'm going. I'm keeping track. I want to be. I more meant like I don't want the Cowboys. Fair enough. I'm taking the Broncos. <laughs> Pack. This is a good game, and it's the night game. Let's go. We, we skipped the afternoon game though. Unless you want to do it in order. Which game? Arizona and Colts. Where are they? Oh, Arizona and Colts. Uh, Arizona me, Colts. Give me Arizona. Arizona bounces back. The Colts are going to be so bad this year. Yep. Uh, luck, I feel like Arizona is not good enough to be able to overcome a bad performance. I think they're going to think what you guys are thinking, and I think Andrew Luck. Pulls out an upset win. One of the few playing? ones. He's not playing again. Is he playing? No. Oh, he's yeah, not. Dude, he's, he's right. He's nowhere to be up. found, man. Oh, yeah. No, the Colts are going to lose. My, my, oh. my bad. My bad. <laughs> that was. That was. No, he's out. Hot take. Hot take. Colts are the worst team in the league. Right now, yeah. With no quarterback? Absolutely. Arizona. Right, now we can get to that Sunday night game. That's the Sunday best game. Sunday night is just such a good game on the racetrack, as people like yeah. to call it. Atlanta. I think a new stadium as well yep, being unveiled. This is going to be a game. Green Bay at Atlanta. I got to go Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers is so good. I think it's going to be Green Bay. It's going to be the best game of the next four weeks, though, probably. That stadium's too gorgeous to open up with a loss. <laughs> I'm a big believer in Atlanta's offense. Still, they get the win. Fair enough. I think Atlanta will blow out Green Bay, actually. Wow. Yeah. I think they have a really good passing attack, new stadium. The, the, the Green Bay Packers have Rodgers, but they have holes, and Falcons will exploit them. Yeah. Green Bay... I'm a big believer in Atlanta, and Green Bay already got the win last week, so they're 1-0. They're away. 
I'm liking the Falcons huh? in this one. They're going to they're be a lot better than we expect, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, the Falcons went to the Super Bowl. I don't think better than you expect. Yeah, the no, Falcons, but in this game. In this game. I don't okay. expect I don't know, I think it's going to yeah. be very close. Yeah, we'll see. I, I, Hopefully the Stars. I hope it is. I hope yeah. it is. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Hopefully the Stars come out to play that night because there are a lot of like the individuals we're talking about. Julio Jones want to see him go off. Side note, Julio Jones, 98 overall in Madden. That is ridiculous. Sounds about right. That makes sense. I mean, you don't really see that rating huge. I'm just saying, that's oh. how good of a receiver oh, he okay, is. Okay, okay, okay. He's ridiculous. Yeah. I think yeah. we're ridiculous because yeah. it's too high. No, 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 no. Well, there's always a few 99s, too, right? Like, he could be a 99. Not a receiver. Receiver's oh, rare. Oh, true. At receiver, you mean. That's a good point. What? Okay, another big game. Uh, it's a debate for another podcast. Last one. The last one, the Monday night game, Lions at Giants. I don't Nothing about the Giants outside the defense inspires me. I think it's going to be Detroit. The Giants offense in prime time, two weeks in a row. Uh, give me Detroit. I think the Giants will turn around, but the, because the Lions are also pretty embarrassing. Tommy? Yeah. All right, I want to go with the Giants. Obviously, I'm taking the Giants. Was there ever a question good about point. that? Got a good point. Uh, also, no, I don't think they're going to go 2-0 at home, you know? Kind of like the Bengals did last night, though. Well, we'll see. That's it. That's it. We're done here on NFL Friday. Week two coming up. Looking forward to it on Sunday. Going to just watch TV all day, veg out, and watch the games. Thank you for our listeners and whoever is joining us. Tune in next week. I'm Tommy Aldridge. Jack McClune. John DeBarrow is in the room. And Reed Horner. We'll see you next time.